Dave, we have not a moment to waste, but let's waste a moment first. Uh, Dave, here's I got a question for you. Um, it's football related. Did you know? Do you know the the NFL, the National Football League? I've heard something about it. Okay, it's not the Alouettes or the CFL, not the NFL. Of course, of course. Just so you know. Um, so, Dave, if you had to bet your life that you, I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase this. Um, if you had, you could bet your life that any receiver in NFL history had to make a, like a circus catch to save your life, what receiver would you pick? That's a good question. Mm. I'd probably go Randy Moss. Because, you know what, I'd probably go Moss. I just feel like Moss made a lot of circus catches in his career. I feel like he's a guy who could go up and get anything. So uh, I think Moss would be my pick. Yeah, I mean, Moss is obviously a good one. Um, I mean, an underrated one would be Larry Fitzgerald. It's true. Made a lot of great catches. Because, because more than just making the circus catch, it's having great hands. And some of the best receivers didn't always make a lot like a lot of the catches. I mean, they got a high volume of targets, obviously, so you're gonna have some mm-hmm. drops, but like, you know, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, there's there's endless amount of opportunities, like Michael Irvin, Terrell Owens. I mean, you could just keep going and come right. up with, you know, even Tony Gonzalez could be throwing that mix. Like he's great hands. Mm-hmm. Um, great great hands and making circus catches are not the same thing though, in my opinion. Like, you can catch anything that comes your way, but you can't make any catch, if that makes sense. I mean, like, I feel like he, I feel like Tony Gonzalez can't make the same catch that Randy Moss can. So, uh, Dave, have you been following the uh, Pro, Pro Football Hall of Fame discourse? It's not as big as the, the Baseball Hall of Fame discourse, of course, but have you been following any of it? Not a, not a lot of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, I've been caught up recently with the Dan Shaughnessy right nightmare not gonna give that any breath um but in the pro football i think really in my opinion there's two guys who could be first ballot hall of famers this year uh i think it's demarcus ware and devin hester do you think either of those guys are first ballot hall of famers not in like do you think their stats support it but do you think they'll be elected in the first round um my guess would be that devin hester is a no yeah um, it's unfair, from, but he will be. Yeah, he's. My guess is he'd be a no. Um, it's really hard to be a first ballot Hall of Famer with writers because, yes. especially you need in football, so many writers, especially yeah, in to football. be on your side. It's yeah. just there's so many. Um, I would always bet against non top ten definitive players being first ballot Hall of Famers. I, like, yeah. That being said, I do feel like DeMarcus Ware will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I feel like he rises to that level. I don't think he does. Mm-hmm. I think he's a second or third year ballot guy. I think you're wrong. <laughs> hey, I mean, I hope I am. Both those guys deserve it. I mean, Devin has. I mean, if if you start your discussion with Devin Hester not making the Hall of Fame with, well, all he did was return kicks and punts, then you're just disqualified from the discussion. He did. It's. And yes, are we a little biased because we're going to use the same argument from Matthew Slater in five or four? Was it, how many years is it in football? Four, five, five years. Five, same as baseball. Okay, I know hockey is three, basketball is God knows what. Um, four. I think basketball is four. 
instituted because Joe Gibbs got elected and then came back. That's yeah, right, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to use the same argument in five or six years when Matthew Slater gets uh, on the ballot. But the guy played a position, and he was the best at that position when he played. And that was pretty much his entire career. He was the best returner in football. And the things he's done, or the things he did, you will never see a returner ever do again. Ever. You'll, you'll never see it again. I'm sorry, I mean, if you want to use some excuse that he didn't put up quote-unquote stats as a wide receiver, okay, then what's your excuse for putting John Hanna in the Hall of Fame then? I'm not saying he shouldn't be. Don't get, don't get, don't get in my mentions, all right? Obviously, John Hanna's the first football Val Hall of Famer, but he didn't put up stats, Okay, he was just the best guard in football, maybe in the history of the game. But he didn't put up any quote-unquote stats when he did it. It's not always necessary, all right? I mean, Devin Hester was the best at what he did in a third of the game. And if he's not a first battle Hall of Famer, then that's just ridiculous to me. I mean, not only that, like, if you have any doubt about Devin Hester, go back and watch the Super Bowl against the Colts when they debated kicking it out of bounds instead of kicking it to him. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, th- there's a reason that he was so... F- he was the most... I mean, th- it's really more of an indictment on the Bears, but he was the most feared player on that team. Like, am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're very much right. Were, team- were teams, you know, quivering in their boots about Rex Grossman? Maybe Brian Urlacher, but, like, he was towards the end at that point, I feel. But Yeah, there was there was no one really feared on that team other than Devin Hester. I got a hot football take. I know we have to get into the playoff stuff, but I have a hot football take for you, Dave. You'll appreciate this. I don't know if I've told you this one before. You ready for this? I got a hot take. Big steaming take. Let's hear it. Zach Thomas was it. a better player than Brian Urlacher was. I buy that. And Zach Thomas isn't in the Hall of Fame yet. You want to know why? Because he didn't play for the Bears. He didn't have the name notoriety that, yep. that, uh, that Brian Urlacher did. Nope. His stats are about the same. Um, right up there in the hall, of fo- the Pro Football Hall of Fame monitor. If you guys have ever seen that football reference, um, Pro Football Reference, go check that out. It's a great, great tool. Not perfect, but pretty solid. Um, yeah, Zach Thomas. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the excuse is. He is he is somebody who should, if he doesn't make the Hall of Fame, they might as well just shut the place down. It's ridiculous. I mean, he was one of the best linebackers in football when he was in when he was in the league. If Jason Taylor was a first ballot Hall of Famer, which I'm pretty sure he was first ballot, right? I believe he was, yeah. yeah. So if Jason Taylor was a first ballot Hall of Famer, Zach Thomas should be in the Hall of Fame too. That's just my two cents. But what do I Not know? wrong. I mean, they're both very good players. I mean, it's held, it's held against Zach Thomas because he was hurt a lot. Right. Especially but, in the yeah. back half of his career when everyone remembers him. True, but he had a lot of all-pro selections. He was, he's, you know, look at his numbers. I think it did a comp between him, and if it wasn't Urlacher, it was somebody else. But I think it was Urlacher. And like, oh, I don't disagree with you. I'm, yeah. I'm with you on this. Well, I'm also not the biggest Brian Urlacher fan, so, you know. Uh, anyway, Dave, the playoffs are upon us yet again. And uh, boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to go over. Uh, you and I both made our picks. You have seen mine because you put them in the Google Doc. I have not seen yours, and I made a point not to look at them because I want to be surprised here. I want to be. I want, I'm going for gasps here. I'm going for shock, surprise. And according to you, we have uh, we have some different picks here. We're uh, it's not so much uh, in agreement with each other. So I like that. I like the differences. You got to embrace debate. You know what I mean? Got to embrace the debate. Got to embrace debate. 
All right, so Dave, let's start it off. We'll start off in the AFC. Uh, let's just get this one out of the way. Uh, the number seven Steelers against the number two Chiefs in Kansas City, uh, where the Steelers lost 36-10, to 10, I think it was like three weeks ago. Um, so, yeah. Um, this is, I, I, I don't really have much to say about this game. It's going to be a blowout. As much as I would like to be, like, maybe the Steelers have a chance in this game, they don't. Um, they just don't, I really, there's really nothing else to say. They don't have a chance. Uh, Roethlisberger looks like, I mean, saying he looks like a shell of himself would be an insult to a shell of himself. He, he just, he looks horrible. He might be the worst quarterback in the playoffs on either side, either, either conference. Yeah, he's, he's looked really rough recently and that's putting it mildly. Um, it's just... You don't want to say you feel bad because I don't, no. but um, it's it's just a little weird to see it because you're used to seeing you know the Steelers from five years ago where Ben is throwing deep balls to Martavis Bryant and Antonio Brown and <laughs> I like how Martavis uh, Bryant was the first name you threw out there. The first guy <laughs> that came to mind was Martavis <laughs> Bryant. <laughs> well, he was like he was their deep guy. Brown yeah, was like no, all over true. the field, not just deep, but he was their deep guy. That's true. Um, but it's, it's a scenario where I actually looked this up to, um, in the last 10 minutes of a game when they're trailing, Ben is actually the second highest rated quarter quarterback in the fourth quarter in the NFL. You know why? Um, Cause they're always trailing. <laughs> yeah. But his numbers are good. Like it's like 13 touchdowns and like one interception. But I mean, that's, that's all well and good. Um, but then again, I'll counter that with uh, against the Browns two weeks ago. He threw for 123 yards on 46 attempts. Yeah, that combined was the least was the uh, least amount of yards for complete for attempts. Uh huh. And they won by 12. So yeah, really the big day. I mean, that was also the Browns, and they were decimated like they always are. Um. So, look. Could the, the Steelers' defense hold the Chiefs to fewer than 36 points this time? Maybe. I mean, the, the Chiefs took their foot off the gas for, like, that whole second half. Um, I, I just, I don't see, I put 42 to 21 Chiefs. I just, I don't see this being close in, like, in any stretch. Yeah. Uh, it, it's hard to think of a way where the Steelers could even keep this game competitive in the fourth quarter. I had 34-13 Chiefs. Um, I think the Steelers probably get a touchdown in garbage time to, uh, like, when they move down the field in the fourth quarter, and the Chiefs <laughs> are just kind of letting them complete twenty yeah. yard passes. They got the third string guys in there. Yeah, they. I mean, you might see Ben pulled in the fourth quarter. I don't know, depending on how the game goes. But I mean, you I'm never sure he'll tell us how beat up he was after the game. I'm too, so. I'm sure we'll hear all about it. Um, Dave, moving on to the number six Patriots at the number three Bills. The third time the Patriots have played the Bills in, what, six weeks? Seven weeks? It's unbelievable. Yep. They have their two in the back it's... half of the schedule, and then now they're playing again in the playoffs. I feel like... All on different yeah. days, too. That's right. As we discussed, all on different days. The first time since... What year was I it? I don't remember. What did I say? I think it was, I think it was 80, 84? Or something like that. It was in the 80s, was but... I texted Dave because um, I had realized that the Patriots have played the Bills three times this year, uh, or will have played the Bills three times on three different days of the week. And I asked Dave, what was the last time that happened? And I think you said it was, 
I know you said it was the Dolphins, but I can't remember what year it was. It was at least like 40 years ago. It's been a while. Yeah, it was a long time ago. I'm trying to find it. Um, so while you're looking I, that up, what was it? No, I'm still oh. trying to find so it. So while you're looking that up, um, I'll say my piece about this game. So the best thing going in the Patriots' favor is the weather looks brutal in this game. So like it's going to be like zero degrees. Uh, and we know Josh Allen struggles in very cold weather. So that could benefit them, especially if there's some snow. We saw when the when the conditions were brutal in Buffalo. Ironically, the Bills did not play well. Uh, the Patriots didn't play great either, uh, but their running game just dominated. So that could even the playing field. Uh, but beyond that, they're, uh, this might sound crazy, Dave, so stop me if this sounds insane. They might have to force the Bills to punt like once or turn the ball over. Like one of those things is probably going to have to happen to the Patriots. have a puncher's chance in this game. Yeah, uh, it was 1982. 82. Thanks. So you were you were pretty close. Um, but yeah, I mean something is gonna have to change. Obviously, where I mean you can't win a game when the other team doesn't punt. It's it's pretty impossible unless there's turnovers. Patriots but, Patriots tried in Super Bowl 52, but they did not win. <laughs> exactly, and I mean there's a, obviously you know room for debate whether if Prey doesn't get the ball knocked out of his hands if they move down the field and score and win the game. Oh, so, they would have. They would have. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, you need you need to stop the other team. It's just, it's the basic fundamentals of football. It's one team scores, the other team doesn't. That's how teams win. So, um, I don't know. This is, this is one of those games where weird things can happen, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Patriots blew them out. It wouldn't surprise me if the Bills blew the Patriots out. It wouldn't surprise me if it was like a one-score, game-winning score, anything. There's just so many variables here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're both the two top defenses from the year scoring-wise. Bills led the league at 17 points per game allowed. Patriots, 17.8. Uh, next closest team was Denver at 18.9. So they're yeah. both a full point above the next closest team. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think this is going to be a scenario where it's going to be like a 35-34 game. No. I think you're much more likely to see a, a low-scoring game, especially with the adjustments that Belichick makes. The Bills' defense is really good, especially against the Patriots, really fast, uh, athletic. Uh, I, I see this as a two-score game, though, in all honesty. I, I think the Bills win relatively easily. Yeah, I have Bills 27, Patriots 17. Um, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I wish I could pick the Patriots, but um, defense has let them down. The really, defense has let them down. I mean, Mac has not played well, don't get me wrong, um, but the defense the past three weeks they've allowed at least 27 points in every game except for the Jaguars um so it, it's very hard to trust them and Mac playing from behind he just had to do it too much and often because of his own mistakes but he's a rookie the Patriots are a little ahead of schedule so if they lose it's fine um you don't like to see it but it's a lot to build on so uh yeah either we both have the Bills advancing so far Dave two for two does it change does it change uh, the number five Raiders at the number four Bengals. Um, this has some potential to be interesting, I feel. This might be the best game in the AFC this weekend, which does not say a lot. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts on, your initial thoughts on this one? I think this is going to be a really interesting game. Um, there's a there's a few things, obviously, at play here. Like, the Bengals win games when they score points. That's pretty much the number one thing but uh they also there's a lot of things that they the Raiders can do to kind of 
take away those those big throws that Chase and Burrow seem to be completing pretty much every fourth or fifth play. But uh, Joe Burrow is going to give them a chance in pretty much any game he plays in just because of how good he is already, which is kind of scary. And the Bengals receiving core yet again. I mean, people talk about the Steelers drafting receivers, but the Bengals for years have been drafting stud receiver after stud receiver. And they have T. Higgins and they have Jamar Chase. Uzama's a good tight end. Joe Mixon's a good back. The offensive line isn't great, but it's good enough. And uh, the Bengals, the one spot where the Raiders can kind of hit them back is the Bengals have given up the eighth most big plays in football. So that's Mm -hmm. 10-yard rushes, 20-yard passes, Mm -hmm. and second most at home. So in home games, they kind of mail it in and just rely on the offense. So if that's the case, I mean, Darren Waller can stress the field. And, you know, Josh Jacobs is going to have to have – at least 80 yards because they can have to control the ball a little bit. They can't yeah. score with the Bengals no matter how many big plays they get. Yeah, no, you're right. Those, those are all solid points. Also, I think um, they've let Joe Burrow get hit quite a lot this year. And uh, I know you watched the last game of the year, the Raiders Chargers. Max Crosby was living in the backfield all night. Justin Herbert had to escape him every single time he was in there. That guy was an absolute force. So it's possible he does a, has like a strip sack or something, but also Trey Hendrickson on the other side. For the Bengals could also have a similar play like that. We know Derek Carr is prone to making mistakes. So ultimately, and also Vegas's defense, six interceptions, fewest in the NFL. Not exactly ball hawks. Um, so they can't take advantage of a mistake if Joe Burrow happens to make one. I don't think he will. I think it's a shootout to a degree. Uh, I have the Bengals 34, Raiders 28. They cover the spread, at least as far as I know what the spread is. But um, I do have the Bengals winning, though, in this game. I think I remember it's the Bengals being like minus five or something. Oh, I had six and a uh, half. I'll have to update that. Yeah, it's it's somewhere around there. It right. moves, it fluctuates. Uh, I am right there with you. I have the Raiders covering though. Okay. I think you you said you did too, but um, I have I have this as a thirty one twenty seven Bengals. I think the Raiders are a sneaky good team if they get their run game going, because Jacobs is really really powerful at the point of attack. He can make guys miss. And Carr's played really well this year. Like, as much as people love to give him crap and and kind of dump all over him because he's kind of like an easy guy to target, he's played really well, and they've had a lot of issues with that team, obviously. But uh, their receiving core isn't great, and they've still have been a very good offense all year. And that's due in part largely to Carr. Mm-hmm. I mean, Renfro's been really good, but Waller's been out most of the year. Like, he's been yep. in and out of the lineup all year. So, like, where does that – consistency come from because Jacobs hasn't been great this year the offensive line has been great Carr has been really really good which is crazy to think when we what we saw last year but uh like Carr will keep it relatively close but he's not the guy that's going to put you over the top at the end right when, when all is done yeah that's the unfortunate part about Derek Carr is that he's not bad enough that you can kick him to the curb and tank with him or something like that but he's also not nearly good enough to win you a Super Bowl or put you over the top so the Raiders are in a tough spot, but for right now they have a decent enough quarterback who won't lose them games, which is, I guess, all you can ask for. I mean, they're either going to play the Bengals or the Chiefs, which I compared to fighting a Mako or a Great White. Like, you're going to get shredded either way. So I, I guess it's just determining which team you'd rather lose to. Um, all right, Dave, so so far we're 3-for-3. Three three. Moving on to uh, the NFC. The number seven Eagles at the number two Buccaneers, who are favored by quite a bit at home. Uh, Dave, I'll put this quite frankly to you. I do not see a way Philadelphia wins this game. 
I mean, I, I think they could win this game because the Buccaneers are so depleted on offense. I don't think they mm-hmm. win this game just because they're a better team or they can do this or they can do that. The Eagles have probably the best corner in football right now with Darius Slay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can make J.C. Jackson, you can make an argument, Jalen Ramsey, obviously. Um, but, like, Darius Slay has been a monster. He has three touchdowns this year, which, <laughs> I mean, for people that don't know, like, that's a lot for a defensive back, especially, that doesn't always come from pick sixes. I think he's a, a fumble return, too. But, yeah. uh, like, if you put him on Mike Evans, there's no Godwin on the other side. And Gronk, as good as he is, still isn't the same guy he was in New England. You can still kind of take him away enough. Uh, and after that, there's really not a lot of weapons for Brady. Like, you're relying on Tyler Johnson, Brashad Perryman. There's just not a lot there. And... I think the Eagles' defense is good enough. I worry more about their offense scoring points. See, that's my big issue, though, is that the Eagles are the best rushing offense in the NFL, and Tampa Bay's rush defense has been, like, elite for most of the season. So if you cancel those out, then you're relying on Jalen Hurts to score points through the air. And as much as I like Jalen Hurts, I really do, I don't think he can match Tom Brady in a shootout, even if there's no Chris Godwin, even if Mike Evans is covered by Darius Slay. They'll find ways to score touchdowns. I mean, they still have... I mean, I'm not saying they're... I mean, Leonard Fournette's supposed to come back. At least that's what I heard. Um, and if he does, that's a big boost because Brady loves his pass catching running backs. And Fournette's a, a bit of a dual threat there. Uh, Cameron Brate has a good report with Tom Brady. He's not Gronk, but just having those two out there is helpful. Yes, no Godwin stinks. I feel like people are really overrating the loss, of it, the loss quote-unquote, of Antonio Brown because I, I don't feel like he really did anything to begin with. Um... So, yeah, Godwin hurts for sure, but I've seen Brady do more with less. So, uh, I have Tampa Bay 35, Philadelphia 10. I don't think it's going to be a close game at all. I actually think it's going to be close. I think so. Um, I think they're going to somehow find a way. And as we saw last year with, with the Buccaneers, they kind of ran through everyone, but the first game against, the, against Washington true. was That's very true. close. That's true. Heineke really played them tough. Uh, I think... The, Bu- the Buccaneers are going to struggle to score points right at the beginning. They might be settling for a couple field goals early on. That's going to give Philly momentum. Sirianni's a very good play caller. It's just, when it comes down to it, as much as I love Jalen Hurts, he's still probably not there yet. No. And Brady is obviously there. Like, you think? Asleep, he could be there. <laughs> and that's that's what it comes down to. Like yeah. At the end, maybe the Eagles get a couple, you know, turnovers or they you know they get a couple punt returns they have good field position they get a couple scores that way yeah but they're just not going to be outscore Tom Brady um also I should point out that Washington game last year that was at Washington so it's different going on the road for the first round than being at home so they were also fully healthy though what was it the Buccaneers were fully healthy and they still barely that's true but again that that road environment that's that's tough in the first round even if it's a Taylor Heineke led team and Chase Young was there and that, you know it's, it, was, it was tough anyway um but what's your score uh, I have 28 to 13 Tampa you said that's close <laughs> 28 to 13 20 to 13 oh, tw- oh wow 20 oh wow okay now that is close um anyway moving on uh number six San Fran at number three Dallas um so Dallas is favored at least last I checked by a field goal which means it's essentially a toss-up um, because usually the home team gets three points. <sighs> All right, so for me, Dave, this comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in him, uh, especially going on the road to Dallas. 
I know the Niners are hot, but one of the stats I use in this, um, in our, our my little breakdown here, my little blurb, uh, really you want to make him throw the football because they're five and two when he throws for fewer than 250 yards, and four and four when he goes over that mark. So they're middle of the road team. When he throws a pick, they're two and six. So uh, if Trayvon Diggs can do one thing, and that is literally all he can do, that's pick off the ball. So if they can force some turnovers, which Dallas has done. Uh, Michael Parsons gets to Garoppolo or something along those lines. Um, I I really think that San Fran is in trouble here. And I've never been much of a Shanahan fan, honestly. And um, I, I don't know, I'm just not, I, I don't, I'm not high on the Niners. I know a lot of people are. I'm sure you are. But I, I just, I can't get behind them. I just can't. I mean, I understand that. They've been wildly inconsistent for most of the year. But uh they do a few. They do a bunch of things that are transferable to the playoffs, especially when you're an underdog and you're on the road, and you have a quarterback that you're not necessarily going to be able to rely on. Uh, they're the number. I think it's like four ranked rushing or seventh ranked rushing offense. They, you know, they're they're uh, what is it? Tenth on on third downs. They have the fourth most big plays in the year. Like they do all the things, and they have the fifth most sacks. So they do all the things that you need. They get after the pass or they run the ball. So if they do those two things, Shanahan's very creative with runs, especially. Not necessarily that they always work, but they're very creative with the motions and, and you know, the jet sweeps and all the different formations, the different backs, the different schemes. He's really good with that stuff. And as much as I am not always a believer in San Fran, I'm even less of a believer in Dallas. Mm. And I know that they'll choke in big games because they've proven it and they hired a coach that chokes in big games. Right. So... Uh, I'm not one to believe that the Cowboys are going to change that this year. And I trust as much as Shanahan has his ghosts that he has to face with big games. I trust a team that can run the ball and get after the passer and create their own pass rush more than I do that a team that relies on skilled players to show up and scores 50 one week and 20 the next. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, I have it close. I have Dallas 28, San Fran 20. I don't think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a down to the wire type game. Um, but I, I am more of a believer in, I mean, again, it's such a quarterback driven league. And if I had to put my faith in somebody over somebody, it's going to be Dak over Jimmy Garoppolo and Jimmy Garoppolo is prone to mistakes. He's made quite a few of them over the past couple of weeks. He's thrown, I think it's four interceptions over the past couple of weeks. So that's not great heading into the playoffs. You can't afford to make those mistakes. You're going into a hostile environment. You have probably the best ball hawk in the league you're playing against. And then also you have Micah Parsons, who is like, I mean, you might as well give him defensive rookie of the year, maybe defensive player of the year right now. So it's it's going to be a real, real big ask for uh, for the Niners to contain Dallas. So I'm going Dallas, but uh, I'm assuming you're going San Fran. What's the final score? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> I'm going San Fran 23-20 over Dallas. Okay, so close games, but uh, we're on the other side. Uh, I, I got to look at the next game, so I know we're on different sides of this one too. Number five, Arizona. At number four, L.A., the Rams, obviously. Dave, you might as well call this the um, what are, uh, the Redemption Bowl because both of these teams have been absolute frauds the whole season. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's been it's been ugly, especially. I mean, I know everyone remembers the Cardinals being seven and zero, and it seemed like pretty obvious Super Bowl favorites, but <clears throat> they have fallen off a cliff. Uh, the Rams have been kind of all over the place too. Stafford has kind of battled turnover issues and inconsistencies with a less than ideal uh, receiving core, but this is going to be one of those games where 
I think the offenses will have to carry the teams. Yeah. And uh, the magic number for these teams is 30 because the rant, the Cardinals, when they score more than 30, are 8 0. So that's just a matter of, of principle for, for the Rams to not give up 30 because on their, on their side, they've only given up 30 or more three times in 17 games. So, and they've lost all three. So, realistically, if the Cardinals get to 30 points, it's going to be really tough for the Rams to just keep matching them. They yeah. really just have Cooper Cup at this point. Yeah, and I think it's I think Christian Fourier said on the radio today that Stafford's thrown eight picks in his last four games. I think something yeah. like that. Yeah, he has not been sharp the past uh, four weeks. So, I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, Kyler Murray hasn't exactly done a lot to earn my faith either. He's been very on and off this whole season. And... Like I said here, I think it really comes down to one team making an explosive play that kind of shifts the momentum. And if I had to pick, I mean, either team can do it, but I would lean on the side of Arizona to do it. I think they have a lot. I mean, both teams have a lot of playmakers, um, but it's really hard. To, you can't say, you know, this you know Rams are a fraud. I can't go with them. Well, so are the Cardinals. So how are you going to go with them and vice versa? Um, but it's funny you mentioned that 30-point threshold because I have Arizona winning this 31-28. Yeah, I, I really don't believe in either of these teams, to be honest. And usually when that happens is I go with the home team because that's fair. I trust the team that that's playing in the home environment. So I went, I go, I'm going with Los Angeles 27, Arizona 17. Okay, that's good. And I'm assuming that our lack of faith in these teams will show up in the next round. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Will. So Dave, the AFC divisional round, number four, Cincinnati at number one, Tennessee. Um, so I have made my feelings about Tennessee very well known to you. Um, I think Tennessee is insanely overrated. I think everybody's overrating the return of Julio Jones and Derrick Henry to make them into this juggernaut because let's face it, Derrick Henry has not played in how many weeks? 12, 10. He only played nine games, I think. Right. So that would be nine games. It's an 18-week season, so 10 weeks right about by the time they get on the field, 10 or 11 weeks. So, to I mean, could he come back as Derrick Henry and be just as good as he was? Sure. Are they really going to give him 25 carries on that foot in the first game back? I don't know. I don't know if they will. I, I, I don't, I mean, they could Christian McCaffrey him into the ground. It's possible, but I, I, don't, I don't know. And I think, like I said with the the 49ers, the key here is making Ryan Tannehill throw the ball. You know that Tennessee is 5-2 and two when he throws for fewer than 200 passing yards? 5-2. and two. sense they're run first team. They are, but 5-2. and two. It's, uh, it, it shocked me when I saw that. Um, so both of these teams, Dave, are in the bottom eight when it comes to passing yards allowed. So Joe Burrow's definitely going to take advantage of it because, what, Kevin Byard's probably the best player in their secondary, and we saw Hunter Henry roast him a couple of times. So I can't say I am very have very much faith in them. And going back to your 30-point mark, Dave, uh, the Titans are 3-2 and two in games where they've allowed 30 points. Uh, two of those games were in overtime against Indianapolis and Seattle. So <clears throat> I don't know. I, it To me, it just comes down to... <laughs> Can Ryan Tannehill do what he did the last time they made a playoff run? Can he make no, not make enough mistakes where they end up losing? And it, with the Bengals, you're going to have a trouble avoiding a shootout. Can the Titans keep up in a shootout is my question. 
I really don't think they can. I really don't think they can. Yeah, I mean, I understand the concerns, obviously, with Derrick Henry. We don't know how his foot's going to handle it, and we don't know how many can how many carries he can handle. Uh, the one thing we do know, though, is both these teams are very good against the run. Right. Like, they're, like, second and fifth overall in the league against the run. So it's essentially going to come down to – I know everyone's going to say, oh, well, good teams can run on everyone. Okay, well, sure, whatever. Keep thinking that. But, yeah. uh, you know – it's going to come down to the quarterbacks. It's going to be Tannehill versus Joe Burrow. Uh, I like Joe Burrow a lot. I think Joe Burrow is a top 10 quarterback by far, and Tannehill I'm not sold on as a top 10 guy. Mm. But I also know that Tennessee at home with Mike Vrabel coaching do a good job at taking away the other team's best players and following the, the Patriots tree, so to speak. And Jamar I just don't see having a huge game doesn't mean he won't catch you know seven passes for 65 yards or whatever but there's not going to be any 45 yard catches to me but you know, he might still he might still get his yards he might still get a touchdown but so how are they be <clears throat> so like how are they covering these guys though Who, who's covering him and if you take away Jamar Chase then who's covering T Higgins I mean that's a good question I mean T Higgins is the guy that's really gonna like yeah he'll be eat. an issue for people yeah. because because he's just he's a big guy. He's like six two, I think. And right. he's got really good speed, really good hands. He gets open. I mean, it's just really tough to cover guys like that in general. Like before you even throw in the fact that Tennessee has below average corners. Uh you know, I'm not sure how they're gonna cover him, but the the same thing that can be said about that, like they've been doing this all year with the same corners. That's I mean true. they have Janoris Jenkins and they have Christian Fulton. As the two starters, excuse me, excuse me, Buster Screen in, in the slot. Excuse me, Dave. It's not Janoris Jenkins. Jack Rabbit Jenkins. Oh right, of course. <laughs> he changed his name. We gotta respect. <clears throat> of course, that's right. Just like NS Freedom. NS Freedom, Chad, uh, Chad Ochocinco. Uh, if they change the name, legally change the name. We gotta, uh, gotta acknowledge it. It's Jack Rabbit Jenkins, yes, who uh, looked just spectacular against the Patriots. Um, but to me, <clears throat> like, I know this is a lame thing to say, but, like, Buffalo would be a one seed I would fear. Kansas City would be, like, those are environments that I would be terrified to go into. Buffalo and Kansas City. There's just something about Tennessee that, like, going there, it doesn't feel like a huge challenge. Like, I know they've been good at home. I know all that stuff. But it's not like it's CenturyLink Field or it's Highmark Stadium or Arrowhead Stadium. Like, it's not a notorious place where it's like, oh my God, how are we going to go in there and win? I think a good team can go in there and win. And if Cincinnati gets over that hump of their first playoff win and they start to get hot and start feeling themselves, I think the Titans are an easily disposable one seed. Just like what the I mean, Titans just they, like what the Titans did to the Ravens a few years ago. I mean, I think the the AFC overall is a very very mm. open field right mm -hmm. now. I agree. Um, but realistically, I mean, Tennessee gets the job done against the pass from their pass rush. Right. Like when teams get a, when teams can protect their quarterback, they they struggle. They don't have the weapons back there. Like Janoris yeah. Jenkins, Jack Rabbit Jenkins, I should say, is a ball hawk, but he gets beat a lot. Like yeah. he he gets a lot of penalties. He'll make a couple couple big plays. He's sort of like Marcus Peters in that regard. Huh. Peters is a much better talent overall, right. but right. he's in he's in that mold of. I'm going to make a play even if I get beat three times, but I'm going to make that one interception. 
Right. And you're going to be like, wow, that's a, that's an amazing play. I can't believe he, he did that. But I mean, for Tennessee's home games, they're third in the league in, in hurries in, right. in all of the NFL. So against the Bengals team where the offensive line has already been an issue, like that sure. we discussed, they've been good enough. Right. But better better than letting their quarterback tear his ACL last year. Yeah. Yeah, and Burroughs mm-hmm. had multiple games where he's fallen down and looked really, really limp getting up, or his hand was, like, not right when he had the thumb injury, and he was trying to throw the ball, and he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he's a tough guy, and he's really good. I First of all, I can't say enough good things about Joe Burrow. Like, I am, I love that guy. That guy is an MVP for the next 10 years kind of guy. Dude, dude's uh, a beast. But, but I don't think it's necessarily his time this year. And I think the Tennessee defense is good enough for pass rush to put pressure on him, yeah. which is going to limit the amount of big plays. And I think Cincinnati is going to be impatient with moving the ball down the field 10 yards at a time. So what's your score? So I'm going to go with Tennessee 31, Cincinnati – or Tennessee 34, Cincinnati 31. Okay. I have Cincinnati 31, Tennessee 21. Uh, like I said, I think Cincinnati is going to shock him at home. Um it's not a lot of faith in the Titans. Love Derrick Henry, love AJ Brown, but I think they might be one of those teams that tries to force the force the issue too, especially at home. You feel a little more pressure to do that. You know what I realized, Dave? The Chiefs have lost to all three teams that are remaining in the playoffs. Right? Yep. All three. Yeah, I thought yep. so. Um, speaking of the Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, number three seed at the Kansas City Chiefs, the number two seed. Uh, so, Dave, it's been said all year that the Bills built their team to beat Kansas City because <laughs> they got shown up by them last year in the title game, as my legs can remember. Um, so, Buffalo played them this year and embarrassed the Chiefs, pants them. I mean, it was during that streak where their defense didn't play well, but I think the Chiefs have a lot of reason to be concerned here because their defense has not looked good the past couple weeks. They, got, they had a 14-0 lead against the Bengals and blew it. Uh, they could not stop Jamar Chase. For some reason, they said, let's not double him, even though it's not working. And then against Denver, I know they won, but they're letting Drew Locke run all over the place like he's Lamar Jackson. Like, that was embarrassing. I don't care if you won the game. That's embarrassing. Like, you, you can't let that happen. I mean, you're still playing for the one seed, and you're letting Drew Locke scamper all over the field like he's prime Vic. It's unreal. Um... <laughs> That, I, I can't remember if it was the, the second touchdown he scored. That 23-yarder, I was like, like do, do, like, do they know where they're playing? Like, are they out of position? Like, what the hell is going on out there? Um, embarrassing. So then you play the Steelers. That's, like, barely even a playoff game. But you host the Bills, and you want revenge, sure. But... I just, I don't know, man. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot of points scored. I have like sixty total points in this game, but I do think if Buffalo built their team to beat Kansas City, then well, they sure lucked out with this matchup. Yeah, I mean, to your point, the last three weeks the Chiefs have allowed the fifth most yards in the NFL. Not great. So, it's not great. Yeah, it, it's not. <clears throat> it's not great, but you know, sometimes playing at home solves that in the playoffs as we've seen with the Patriots in the past and uh we've saw you know we've seen with Dallas a few years ago we saw with Seattle like they playing at home energizes people and 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 no matter what sport it is the role players become better at home it's just how it is it's always been that way and uh there's this game is going to be really interesting because 
Buffalo was really, really good on the road. I don't think people realize how good yeah. they are. They might be better on the road they than they're at home. Yeah. They've had the third highest scoring efficiency drive. So basically, they score in the third most amount of drives that they touch the ball. Yep. Basically, every time they touch the ball, they come up with points on the road. Yep. That's incredibly hard to do. And the Chiefs, as we've said, as you said, <clears throat> they just aren't that good of a defense. No. Right? They had they had a stretch where they, they played really well. And, you know, credit to them, they've they did, they had some really great games, but the key to their defense is turnovers. Right. Like when they get turnovers, they win, and when they don't, they lose. You know who they sound a lot like? Who? Oh. Patriots. Exactly. I mean, it's it's started slow. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. Their offense isn't in a spot this year where they're going to be putting up forty-five points a game, and I think they win a lot of games too. There's obviously not stats to back this up that I'm aware of, but. Like they lose, they win a lot of games. These teams are scared of them. Yeah, and not and not in a way that they get in the field and they're like, oh my god, how can we beat this team? Every team thinks they can beat the Chiefs, but when the coaches start saying, all right, it's fourth and seven on the thirty yard line, let's not take the forty seven yard field goal and get three points. Mahomes, you can't settle for three against Mahomes. Right. Except that's exactly what the Chiefs have done all year: settle for three. Yeah. And you come away with no points. That's how you lose games against the Chiefs. It's because you keep giving them points and you don't match them. You don't get the three points. You get zero, and then they get three, and then they get three, and you get zero. Like, that's how they build these leads. They don't get these 80-yard chunk plays. They don't get the 50-yard chunk plays. Right. You know, the Chiefs are great on third down. They're the best team in the NFL. They're the only team converting 50% of their third downs. It's a great offense. But they're yeah. not converting the big plays anymore. It's it's ch- it's little little paper cuts. They get twelve yard, you know, to Kelsey here, fifteen to Hill, you know, fifteen to Edwards Alaire, ten yards to Darrell Williams. That's how they move the ball down the field, and then they struggle in the red zone. So, the, if the Chiefs don't force turnovers, the Bills win this game. The problem is, I see the Chiefs forcing turnovers. I think the Chiefs win this game. I don't. I think Buffalo wins at thirty three twenty seven. I think they go back to the title game, except this time they're going to host it. Um, look, I think that the defense is going to start, is going to end the year the way they started the year, letting down Patrick Mahomes. He'll have a good game. He'll get his. Um, but I think ultimately Buffalo makes one more play than Kansas City does. I have Buffalo 33, Kansas City 27. I have Kansas City 26, Buffalo 17 in a game that's not very high scoring. Wow. All right. So we have entirely different title games. I love it. Uh, I don't think that'll be the case for the NFC. Um... Number five seed, Arizona. For you, the number four seed, LA. At the number one seed, Green Bay. I do think we have something in common in this game. I don't think Green Bay has much of a problem winning it. In my opinion, at least. I actually have San Francisco in this one. Oh, I'm sorry. It's right there. The sixth seed. I'm sorry. I forgot about the sixth seed, right? That's a pretty good game. Sixth seed, San Fran, number one, Green Bay. I still don't think they have much of a chance, but... Um, because, and my reasoning is, again, like you said, there's no really stats to quantify this, but I feel like when, because we know Green Bay always collapses in the playoffs. It's a matter of time, right? Like, we all know that. But usually that comes in the championship game. It doesn't come in the first round. Last year, they handled LA. It wasn't impressive, but they beat the Rams pretty easily. I think they're going to do the same to the Cardinals. I just don't think the Cardinals have much of a chance. Um, and it is funny to think, though, how much different this game would be if AJ Green just caught that pass in the end zone. This game could be so much different. Could be in Arizona. Who knows? Um, so it's in Green Bay. The Cardinals are going from the desert to Green Bay, which it might be a bit of a temperature change. Um, 
The Packers, oh, I guess they're technically going from L.A. to Green Bay. Uh, Packers are getting Bakhtiari and Jair Alexander back. Not great. And Aaron Rodgers really hasn't played a meaningful snap in like three weeks. So could that work against Aris, uh, against Green Bay? It's possible. But other than wanting revenge, I don't know what advantage Arizona has in this game. Yeah, I mean, I think Arizona and San Fran are pretty much in the same spot here where they're going to need like a couple plays that aren't normal to happen. Like you're going to need a Rodgers interception – you're going to need a bad punt, a punt return, a kick return, because San Francisco and Arizona aren't good enough to win in Green Bay. No. Like, even even with the Green Bay team that struggled in the postseason, they're just not good enough. Arizona's proven time and time again since their 7-0 start that they're not good enough. They're inconsistent. Yeah. And I think those and limitations go back to the head coach. That's just me, though. They do. They do. And Cliff Kingsbury has proven, like, he's probably a better coordinator than he is a coach. Yeah. And I'm not even sure he's a coordinator in the NFL. <laughs> the, old, so, the old Mike Zimmer. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think there's there's some things that will help. Like, with J.J. The 7-0 start coincides with J.J. Watt, right? Right. Like, he got hurt almost immediately after they went 7-0. I think it was nine games in. With J.J. Watt, they were a top-10 team across the board defensively. Without J.J. Watt, they fell about 10 spots at least in every category. Does he make that much of an impact? I don't know. Jerry's still out of that. Maybe it's easy schedule. Maybe they surprise teams. Who knows? But yeah. uh, J.J. Watt will help because you're going to have to double him. Right. Even if he doesn't get there, he's still a force in the inside. He's still bad sound passes. He still tips balls. You still have to worry about him in the passing lane. And he plays all around the defense. He's fast. He's athletic. You know, does he stay healthy? Who knows? No one no one can predict that. But, yeah. uh, you know, that's going to be a tough game. And I'll, for San Francisco. Yeah, as you say, enough about my team. Talk about your team. <laughs> Yeah, and for San Francisco, I, I you know I think it comes down to can they run the ball, right? Because San Francisco can't match points with Green Bay. They can't even come <laughs> close. They have no chance. And with Bakhtiari coming back, their window to kind of get pressure on Aaron Rodgers is pretty closed because the Green Bay line is pretty good with Bakhtiari at left tackle. So, and a name you didn't mention too is Zadarius Smith, who was activated. Right. right. Um, who who he he could be back too by the time they play. Right. So. That defense will be a lot better than it was. And it already was not bad. I mean, it, it's not going to be like, you know, the 86 Bears. But when you have Rodgers and you don't turn the ball over on offense, right? you know, you don't need to have the 86 Bears back there. I do think i got to watch on my side would be Buda Baker. Because he's such a versatile player that he can make he can make a play. He was all over the field. It wasn't Seattle. The game before that. Um, help me out. Who did they play before Seattle? It was in prime time. Dallas. Thank you. Dallas. Yes. He was all over the field in that game. He was ridiculous, and I think he's such an underrated player. Um, so they have a lot of. There's a lot of good, a lot of great players on that Arizona team. You know, Chandler Jones, Budo Baker, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray. I mean, even James Connors had a great season. Chase Edmonds can make a play here and there. So there's a lot of really shifty weapons on that team. Um, but ultimately, same thing with San Francisco. I, I just don't think they can match them going down the field. So I have Green Bay 35, Arizona 24. I have San Francisco keeping it close for a while, but Green Bay is way too much. I see 27-20 Green Bay, but that's only because San Francisco probably scores at the end to try to get yeah. an onside kick. Yeah. All right, Dave. Uh, for you, the number four L.A. Rams at the number two Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For me, the number three Dallas Cowboys at the number two Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, 
So, it's funny because this matchup, Dave, as you'll notice, uh, for one of these teams, their season will begin and end against the same team. (laughs) Exactly. So, that's going to be rough. Um, I think this will somewhat emulate the first game. I mean, Dak and Tom Brady combined for almost 800 yards through the air in that game. Tampa Bay won a shootout, was 31-29. But, I, I mean... Look, Dallas went 1-4 against playoff teams if you take the Eagles out of the equation. Um, Because, I mean, you know, they seem to own the Eagles this year. And you can't completely discount them. They are a playoff team. But 1-4 against the playoff teams otherwise. uh, And that counts Tampa Bay. So I like their chances against one former Patriots quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo. I do not like their chances here against this former Patriots quarterback. Uh, And I think Tom Brady's going to have a field day throwing on Trayvon Diggs. So... You put Trayvon Diggs on Mike Evans, the bad things are going to happen. So uh, I'll make this one short and sweet for you. I got Tampa Bay 30, Dallas 23. Yeah, I, I see this similar in a similar vein. I don't think the Rams have the horses to keep up with Tampa Bay, even a depleted Tampa Bay. OBJ, not the same guy he was, obviously. Uh, Cooper Cup has, is remarkable, probably one of the offensive player of the year candidate favorites, I should say. Uh, but there's just... I don't see this game as high scoring, but if I'm taking a defense, I'm taking Tampa Bay and Todd Bowles over over the Rams. And I have this low scoring. I have Tampa Bay 24, LA 16. Okay. <clears throat> uh, all right, Dave. AFC title game are completely different AFC title games. I accidentally labeled Buffalo as the two seed. Uh, number four, I'll start with mine. Number four, Cincinnati at number three, Buffalo. So let me throw this at you. All right. Let me throw, let me throw this on your plate here. So since the Bills lost Tredavious White on Thanksgiving against the Saints, they've only officially played one team that could really exploit that weakness. So obviously, I have them playing Patrick Mahomes in the last round. So he could take advantage of that weakness, having Trey White out. Do you know the quarterbacks they've played since then, Dave, since that loss? Not the loss. They won won against the Saints, but they lost Tredavious White. They've played Mac Jones three times, three times, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, and Zach Wilson. So not really a murderer's row of quarterbacks. I mean, that, those are all Hall of Famers. Yeah, for real. I mean, Matt, Matt Ryan, uh, not going to be a Hall of Famer, but really the only one close, I guess, in that list. Um, in the Chiefs game, I have the Chiefs defense letting him down, uh, Patrick Mahomes. So Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, that three-headed monster. I feel like they can really take advantage of Buffalo. And like you mentioned, Buffalo is better on the road than they are at home. So I like Cincinnati's chances in this game. Um, You know, I think they can march up and down the field. I mean, Josh Allen is a great arsenal too, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I think a big play by Matt Milano or Trey Hendrickson or somebody like that can maybe flip it. Um, But... I'm I'm very excited for a potential Burrow Allen matchup. I'll just say my piece on this one. I could see it going either way, um, but I think Cincinnati's little Kansas City 2018 run continues. I have Cincinnati 28, Buffalo 24 in the AFC title game. Wow, yep. that's it's a lot of faith. I understand. This, I know it's a lot of faith, but is I, this faith mo- mostly in Joe Burrow? Is that what it is? Yes, and Jamar. I mean, definitely not. In, let's put it this way: it's not in Zach Taylor. Um, uh, How I, dare you? Yeah, I'm I'm touch and go on Zach Taylor, that's for sure. But usually, playmakers can overcome coaching. Um, we've seen that before. 
and I think we can see it again. So I I just I'm so in love with that trio. I mean, I just think Joe Burrow is such a monster. And it's not like you can't say we haven't seen young quarterbacks do this before. Patrick Mahomes has done it already. Josh Allen got to the title game last year. So, you know, three of the four guys that I have in the AFC, in the well, three of the four guys that we both have in the final round of the AFC, the, the final four, the divisional round, are 26 or younger, and Ryan Tannehill's the only one that's not. So I, I'm going to give the edge to the Bengals because I think they have more playmakers. I think that's going to be the difference here, especially with some defenses that might be, you know, going up and down the field. So uh, that's that's my opinion. So, Dave, what about your Tennessee-Kansas City matchup? Well, this is probably much more anticipated and hoped for by the NFL than yours is. I don't mm. think the NFL would be thrilled with Buffalo-Cincinnati. Wouldn't do – I mean, honestly, I don't, think can, I don't think Kansas City or Tennessee would be great for the ratings either. But uh, Mahomes, I don't know. I mean, there's Mahomes, but, like, you know, it's not like it's – I mean, Kansas City isn't exactly a major market. I mean, that's true. Um, Nashville's probably the biggest yeah. market out of any of them. Let's be honest. They're hoping for Tampa Bay, New England. Of course they are. I mean, they're hoping for uh, it, yes. And a- NFL officials, any help we could get with that would be great. Exactly. <laughs> any help. Either. Any little, uh, throw a little flag here, make up for that bad no call on Mac Jones getting hit out of bounds. A couple of roughing the passers, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's fun. Throw a couple flags down there. But anyway. Um... Yeah, I would say this game is going to come down to who makes the big throw. And it sounds simple to say that Mahomes will because he's a much better quarterback. But uh, we don't know if Tyreek's fully healthy after he had that heel injury. He didn't look fully healthy like, the last game they played. Yeah, that was obviously, weird. this is way down the line, and who knows. But, uh, you know, this this is the type of game that everyone expects to be like 42 to 41 it ends up being like 21 18 because the defense is kind of stiffen up each team's playing with little nerves they're not 100 percent uh i honestly think that the best weapon on the field in this game would be aj brown just because i think travis kelsey is more e- easily coverable over the middle of the field with, with maybe a safety over the top and tyree kill can be doubled and i don't see a lot of other options pringle hardman uh, Robinson, they all have had a lot of drops. Like, you watch their games, those guys drop passes all the time. Yeah. And it's got to be so frustrating for Mahomes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're always open. Uh, and on the other side, I see the the Tennessee run, run game good enough. And if I'm betting against the defense, I'm betting against the Chiefs defense. Like, I don't care how good they've been recently. I trust Tennessee to figure it out. And those two weapons on the outside with Henry – and you have, you know, they have like four tight ends they throw to over the middle of the field. Give me the Titans in this game really close, 24-23. I think they may even go down the field and kick a field goal to win. Wow. Okay. I like that we uh, we both have limited faith in the uh, Chiefs. Uh, Dave, moving to the NFC, where we went from having two totally different AFC championship games to the exact same NFC title game. Number two, Tampa Bay. At number one, Green Bay. The Battle of the Bay is a rematch of last year's title game. Um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to pick, Dave. Um, I mean, while you have in the AFC, you have those two young guns going at it for me, at least. You have two. Uh, well, let's put it this. Let's let's be frank here. Active Hall of Famers playing against each other um, in the title game. It's it's it. I don't know about you. I don't know if you feel the same way. 
it's really hard to write about it. There's, uh, what else can you say at this point? It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Tom Brady. They're two of the best at what they do. One of them's greatest of all time. One of them is top four, five, three, whatever you want to say of all time. What else can you say about it? It's gonna it, something is gonna happen. Something fluky, a pick, a tip ball, a fumble, something that probably isn't the fault of one of those quarterbacks, <laughs> Matt Lafleur, and it's going to result in their team losing the game. I, ult, I the best thing I could say about this is I don't think it comes down to Brady or Rodgers losing the game for their team but it's who on the other team can make a play to win for their side. That That's the best I, best thing I can say about the game. Yeah, I mean, I think both these teams are kind of in different situations. Like, Tampa Bay has seemingly lost all their players in the last three or four weeks, and Green Bay seemingly is getting back all of their players in the last few weeks. So it's they're kind of going in different directions. Uh you may be surprised here, but I'm actually going to go against Tom Brady this time. No. Pro- uh, proved you wrong last year, my friend. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Packers this year, and it's not it has nothing to do with Tom Brady specifically. It's just I just think the supporting cast combined with Jair Alexander coming back, who's very very good, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith on the outside, uh, Kenny Young on the inside. Uh, it's just. There's so many guys that can get to the pass rusher, get to the passer for Green Bay. And Rasul Douglas has been really good as a second corner this year. Three three touchdowns defensively. Yep. And I mean the Packers' weapons, especially at home, are much different. Like Randall Cobb, uh, Valdez Scantling, Dolaja, like those guys are not great on the road. They've proven it. They barely do anything on the road all the time. Oh, and they also have the best receiver in football probably with Devontae Adams. Like, there's no one that can cover that guy. And he gets doubled all the time, and he still gets open. Like, he has the best route-running ability in the NFL. And it's just not really that close. So let me ask you this then. What is different about this year's game than last year's game? I mean, yes, no Chris Godwin. They're a little less healthy. That's that's true. They are. I mean, Levante David's supposed to be back. Leonard Fournette's supposed to be back. So... What, I mean, the Packers were, from what I remember, healthy last year. They had everybody that they pretty much have now, except for what, Randall Cobb? I know Tunyon's out, so that's different. But what are the material differences? Well, I mean, you could make the same argument for any rematch. No, no, I Um, I understand that. But I've seen seen this movie from the Packers before. I've I've just seen it from them before. We all have, yeah. yeah. I mean, you go back to Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers. It's the same thing. But um, eventually you have to kind of believe in the team to do something different. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. It could yeah. be the same story. Could Brother, be, it's been 10 years we win. We win 10 years, my friend. They, they could lose by, you know, 25 points. They could lose by 10 points. They could lose on a field goal. They could lose on an interception. But oh. I just know that teams that don't turn the ball over, that can run the ball, and – create turnovers on defense, usually win games in the playoffs. And Green Bay can do all those things and more. Like, you have a quarterback that you know, as much as Tom Brady's been amazing this year, he's also had games where he's had multiple interceptions. You can't say that about Rodgers. I will say Rodgers this. Rodgers hasn't really had any games. I will say this. Um, I think there is a chasm between how good the quarterbacks in this game are and how good the coaches in this game are. Yeah. Not a fan of either of them, really. I think I would have more faith in LaFleur's ability to call offensive plays and Arians to manage the game. 
That's fair. But I also think that Arians has better coordinators. I mean, Byron Leftwich is a, is a head coach, and so is Todd Bowles. Yeah. I, I just think I think Matt LaFleur is just kind of too much of a like a Jason Garrett-type cheerleader. So I'm, I'm not really in on him. Um, but that's just, you know. I feel like he's just kind of a guy coached by his quarterback. Anyway, my score in this game is Tampa Bay 29, Green Bay 26. Field goal game. I see the Packers taking uh, taking the defending champs out 30 to 21. Okay. Our Super Bowl, Dave. Super Bowl 56. Cincinnati Bengals at the Tampa, well, at versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The game is at, right, right, right now it's at SoFi Stadium. Um, that could change, I guess. Probably not. But the Bengals and the Buccaneers are my game. Dave, tell us about the, pa- uh, Dave, really bold. I got to say, I appreciate you really going against the grain this year. You have the one seed against the one seed. Hey, but I would say neither are favored to win the championship. That's true. I would say neither are. Um, definitely the Packers are more favored than the Titans would be. But, um, yeah, that Packers-Titans Super Bowl has real Colts-Bears vibes to me. <laughs> it does. It yeah. does. Yeah. I I mean, I'll comment on yours first. I, I don't see a chance the Titans win that game. I'm sorry. I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, as much as I want to bet against, like, the, the Packers and everything, I, I don't see a way they lose that game. I don't. Unless, yeah. unless Aaron Rodgers boycotts the Super Bowl, <laughs> that's so fake. I can't then, people that. then you're in trouble. But if he doesn't, you're good to go. I can't believe people bought that. That's so fake. Uh, um, if I had to give a hypothetical final score for your game, I would say honestly, like probably Green Bay, like thirty-one, Tennessee seventeen. I don't think it'd be close. Yeah, uh, I I think it'll end up being like thirty to. I had 27-24 Packers, but I would probably say 30-24 Packers. I was going to say, that, that is, those are both generous scores, in my opinion. Well, I think I think people are overlooking the fact that, like, Tannehill has obviously probably not been as good this year as he was last year, but he's still been very solid. And I think a healthy A.J. Brown, a healthy Julio Jones, and for whatever that's worth, because Julio uh, seemingly yeah. He's almost not even a factor uh, to me, honestly. Yeah, and... You know, they've proven they can run the ball even without Derrick Henry. Yeah. Now, Derrick Henry obviously makes a big difference. He's a yeah. bigger guy. Yeah, Dontrell Hillman and Deonta Foreman blazing on the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's like it's not a scenario where they can't run the ball. And the play-action pass for them hasn't really disappeared even without the run game that's the top in the NFL. So, I, I just think that they can score points enough. And in the Super Bowl – you know, weird things happen. We've seen it as Patriots fans over the years. Weird things happen in the Super Bowl. It doesn't make any sense. And I just think that when you give a, when you give a team like the Titans two weeks to prepare, you know, they don't necessarily have the top-tier talent, but they finished as the number one seed in the AFC. So they're doing something right, regardless of what people believe in them or not. So I would I would say 30 to 24 Packers. Okay. Uh, so I have Tampa Bay, Cincinnati. Uh, this might surprise you. Uh, I have Tampa Bay winning this game. I think this is where Cincinnati hits that. Zach Taylor hits that Sean McVay-esque wall in the um, in the Super Bowl. Um, I, I just don't think they could put it together on, on that stage. I think they might hit a wall here just because, you know, <clears throat> remember the whole, uh, who was it? It was Jalen Ramsey who said they're gonna they were going to win the title game and go win the Super Bowl for the Jaguars. Was it him that said that? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't I can see it? some. Yeah. I can see something similar happening here. You know, those two weeks in between, it's a young team. 
I think they might get kind of that bright light syndrome, kind of distracted by the uh, the Super Bowl. And as I said here, you could probably think of it as like a, the Brady initiation. You know, Mahomes had it. And the way I put it is you could have you, your team could go the Chiefs route afterwards or the Jaguars route afterwards. <laughs> so your team can either rise above it and go on to be a champion or backslide and just disintegrate like the Jaguars did. I think the Bengals will do the former. I don't think they're going to fall apart because uh, they don't have Blake Bortles. They have Joe Burrow. Um, and it all comes down to the quarterback. So, look, the NFL is pretty much just running out the clock on Tom Brady. Like, it's just like, please retire. Please get out of the league. We w- Other teams want to try to win, especially in the whatever conference you're in at the time. So, no, I know people are going to read this and be like, well, you're a Patriots homer. Well, first, first of all, let me clarify something for you. It might surprise you, but he doesn't play for the Patriots anymore. I do love Tom Brady, but he doesn't play for the Patriots anymore. Um, and if I was a Patriots homer, I'd have the Patriots in this game. So, uh, but I don't. Um, ultimately, no, he will not win a Super Bowl every year until he decides to retire at age 85 or whatever. Whenever he leaves the league and when he becomes Gordy Howe and plays till he's 55 years old or 50, whatever it is, who knows? But more often than not, he'll have a, he'll have time to get there. And honestly, he has played at a level that no one, even Aaron Rodgers, has played at this year. And he's had guys out. He's had, you know, he's had a lot of adversity to overcome on the field. And he has still played at an unbelievable level. So I have Tampa Bay 32, Cincinnati 24. Cincinnati gets to its third Super Bowl and loses yet again. <laughs> Tampa, uh, Cincinnati also has the longest uh, streak without a playoff win. It does, and it's Cincinnati against Oakland. Oakland hasn't won since 2002, and Cincinnati hasn't won since 1990. I think it was 1990, right? Yeah, 1990 was their yeah. last one. So either team's going to break like a 20-year playoff drought. There's only there's only two teams that haven't won a playoff game this century, Detroit and Cincinnati. Well, one team's going to break that. <laughs> well, they could. <laughs> one team could break that. <laughs> one team won't have a chance this year. Um so, Dave, my Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56 for me, Tampa Bay over Cincinnati. Super Bowl 56 for you, Green Bay over Tennessee. Got to love it. Got to love the differences here that we have going on. So, um, uh, my last question, Dave, I think we both know the answer to this question. Uh, who would be your Super Bowl MVP? Uh, mine would be A.J. Brown. Wait, what? A.J. Brown. I thought you said – I thought you had Green Bay winning that game. Oh, wait, right. Right, 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 right. I was thinking AFC champion. Yeah, they, they ain't going to do that. <laughs> I was like, wait, does he no. now play for the Titans? No. Um, I, I would go with Devontae Adams. I think he'll wow. have probably two touchdowns. Okay. Uh, I have a hard time believing they'll give it to anybody but Rodgers, but I like that. Um, when, when Adams has 180 yards and two touchdowns, that's I fair. get it. That's fair. Uh, yeah, mine's Tom Brady. That might surprise you. But if I had to go with somebody who isn't Tom Brady – I would go Gronk actually. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go off the board here. Say Gronk wins Super Bowl MVP. Has a monster game. They can't cover him. Uh, when was the last time the Bengals saw Gronk? That Andy Dalton game seven years ago. <laughs> like probably. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. So there might have been one in between, but uh, this version of the Bengals, this iteration, has not seen Gronk. So yeah. Uh, but Dave, that does it for our playoff previews. If we get them wrong, remember to uh, go to at D Albiani on Twitter. <laughs> or at date whatever it is uh, go go bug dave about it not uh i'm just kidding you bug it but our um our full written playoff previews will be on cslpodcast.com this week 
So if you are more into reading than you are listening, you guys can check them out there. And they're a little more um, verbose than what we just did. So uh, you can follow us at CSL Podcast. We'll post the link there. And uh, have a great time watching the playoffs. I hope your team wins the Super Bowl, whoever's listening. I don't. I mean, unless you're a fan of the other six, 18 teams that didn't make the playoffs. But um, go team. 